smoke, fire, and add to that bullets over what became a long holiday weekend for many, even with July 4th on Tuesday. Airlines canceling and delaying flights again, as every holiday it seems since COVID. Nothing new under the sun. United Airlines was the worst, and the CEO didn't even fly the friendly skies out of Newark. Fires in Canada, expected to last for months, causing the skies of much of America to fill up and smell like a campfire, now even reaching Europe. Ten countries sending help north, still most of the fires out of control, too many to put out, so only those threatening people are getting attention. With violence that never seems to end, and smoke and fire, I'm thinking of a shepherd turned prophet, Amos. He called out sin in times of plenty, pride, prosperity, power, plenty of public religion, but little in the heart. Amos said, prepare to meet your God, prepare to meet Christ. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a series called In the Footsteps of Paul. For the last couple of weeks, we've been traveling in the footsteps of the Apostle, learning more about the man as we discover the places he visited as he shared the gospel in the first century. Today, I want to explore the prayer life of Paul. Prayer is a powerful gift that the Lord has given his people to communicate with him. But unfortunately, we often neglect it. Perhaps you grew up in a home where prayers were only said on holidays, like the ones uttered in the popular Christmas vacation with Chevy Chase. What, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say grace. The blessing! I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Amen. Oh, dear. Chevy Chase's Aunt Bethany caught on the spot and a bit confused trying to pray out loud with her family. Perhaps you've experienced something similar. Well, the good news is that the more we pray, the more comfortable prayer becomes. And in a moment, my wife, Janet, will be joining me, and we're going to talk about Paul's words to pray without ceasing. And yes, he's even saying you can pray with your eyes open. And then after this program, I want to send you the epic documentary called In the Footsteps of Paul. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot and many, many more by sea. That's British actor David Suchet talking about his incredible journey as he walked in the footsteps of Paul. This two-part documentary takes you on a journey discovering places and things about the Apostle Paul that you hadn't seen or known before. After the program, I want to invite you to come to our website, watch the trailer, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or call us, make a generous gift for this DVD called In the Footsteps of Paul. The number to call is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. 
800-865-HAVEN. And now let's open the program with Salem and a song we need to claim as all people of the cross. Home, we're heading home. We journey on to see our Savior face to face. Close, we're getting close. Our joy is rising higher with each step we take. Forward on to Jesus. We are the people of the cross. We choose Christ and count all else's loss. We won't be shaken. Hope won't be taken. We are the people of the cross. Grace, if not for grace, we would be lost without the promise that you gave. Praise, be ever praised, your spirit burns within us brighter every day. album here on a haven today in the footsteps of paul i'm charles morris people of the cross has sung for us by Selah. the last two weeks we've been following in the footsteps of saul turned paul and today i want to follow in his prayer steps 
Paul gave us many great examples of how to pray in his letters to various churches. And as we head into this weekend, I think it would be helpful to see and hear one of his prayers to help us pray better. Now, I want to go back to a discussion I had with my wife, Janet, a few years back on this very subject. Janet, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. It's good to be here. You know, Janet, there are times to pray in the privacy of our prayer closet, and closing our eyes can help shut out distractions and help us come before the Lord. But there are other times when it's best to just pray with your eyes open. Like when you're driving, for instance. (laughs) Exactly. Well, people in the Bible pray with their eyes open. In Genesis 24, we read of Abraham's servant seeking to find a wife for Isaac. And he makes it very clear that it's while he is praying, he sees Rebekah come out. In fact, in Genesis 24, verse 15, he says, Before I finished praying in my heart, Rebekah came out with a jar on her shoulder. He was praying silently in his heart, but he was watching with his eyes and noticing Rebekah came out. And then in the New Testament, there are more examples, like the time when Jesus prayed with his eyes open as he was about to feed the 5,000. You can read about it in Mark six forty-one. That's where it says that Jesus directed all the people to sit down in groups on the grass. And then it says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, prayed, and then broke the bread. Now, those are just two quick examples where people were in crucial situations and they prayed with their eyes open. But both of those prayers were part of a greater story. The story of Abraham's line going through Isaac and Rebekah and their offspring all the way to the birth of the Messiah. And the story of Jesus, the Messiah, being the living bread, but also meeting the physical needs of his people. They were praying with their eyes open to a bigger story. And that's true for us, too. When we pray, we're praying as part of a bigger story. But a lot of times when I pray, all I can see is the crisis right in front of me. It's the difference between navigating with a GPS as opposed to a map. A GPS just puts you right in the middle, and it only shows you how to get to where you tell it you want to go. Janet, can you think of an instance where this kind of worked out in your life that you could share with us? Just a couple of weeks ago, I was doing this GPS praying about our son, who was taking his big exams for his doctoral degree. There were five days of written exams, Mm, and then last week, his oral defense. And it was a culmination of years of hard work and study. And all I could pray was, Lord, please let him pass. (laughs) We were both praying that, as I recall. A lot of parents were praying that way. Uh, God, if you're there, just please let her do well or let him do well. Please don't let my child mess up. Exactly. That's a GPS prayer. But remember the days of maps? I certainly do. As you know, I love maps. I have a huge box of maps I refuse to throw away. You can just open up a paper map and you can see the big picture. You can see where you are in relation to everything beyond. You can see your destination and you can also see all the things you're going to pass by to get there. With a map, you really know where you are. Exactly. And last week... That's what I needed. I needed to move out of my GPS way of praying, my panicky way of praying, into the big picture. And it was Paul's prayer in Colossians that gave me the map. 
It opened up the big picture. It gave me this bigger, better way to pray for our son. And when I started praying for him, like Paul prayed for the Colossians, my anxiety started to go away. Mm. That's what happens when you read any of Paul's prayers. You start to see your own life in the greater context, the greater story, a story that's filled with good news. That's right. And as I started to pray for those bigger things, it was like the Holy Spirit started saying, yes, 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 to my heart. Pray this way. These are the things I'm pleased to do. Even before I knew if it passed or failed, I had peace. I think I should just share with all of us right now Paul's prayer for the Colossians. It's found after the opening greeting in chapter 1. It starts at verse 9. Here's his prayer. And after the program, you might even want to open your Bible and pray this when you've got a moment. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Isn't that beautiful? Even as you were reading, and I could just feel my heart expanding. And as I began to pray that prayer for our son, it did the same thing. It gave me a sense of proportion. I had this feeling like Everything depended on the outcome of those exams. That's where all the anxiety had been coming from. But then I started praying Paul's prayer. Father, I ask you to fill him with the knowledge of your will through the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And my heart had peace. Mm. So what is God's will for you, for me, for our son, for whoever we are praying for in our lives today? The heart of it is what Paul tells the Colossians just before he started his prayer. He said that the gospel is bearing fruit and growing in them as they understand the grace of God in all its truth. And Janet, that's God's will for us. It's so good to see that beautiful picture of his will. And that was the heart of what I started to pray for our son that morning. Whatever happens, may this situation cause the transforming power of the gospel to increase in our son's life and to bear fruit in his life. May he grow in his understanding of the love and grace of Jesus, Lord. May your will be done in his life. My heart was so changed when I started to pray that way. Lord, strengthen him with all power so that he'll live through this, not wanting to please other people, but wanting to please you. Of course, he was being examined, and he was hoping to pass. But ultimately, all that matters is pleasing you, Jesus. It just shifted my priorities. Janet, I, I think that shift happens when we start remembering that the, the great, big, all-important things have already been done for us, already accomplished through Jesus Christ, not through us. It gives us that sense of proportion about whatever crisis we're in at the moment, pass or fail, win or lose, live or die, God's grace 
in all its truth, is my reality and our son's reality. And that sets us free to live for him, to care about what he cares about, to seek to understand his will for us, how he wants us to live our lives, which is exactly what Paul prays for the Colossians. I pray you will live a life worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. And that desire for our son just filled me with tremendous peace. My priorities shifted away from that panicky desire for him to pass, and those bigger, more glorious things became the things I wanted for him. And I had confidence, because Paul says in this prayer that we are strengthened with all power with his glorious might. It's the Lord who brings about those changes in us. It's the Lord who accomplishes those things in us, and he does it in answer to prayer. And there's one more thing Paul prays for the Colossians, that they will give joyful thanks to the Father. He circles back to the gospel, and he reminds them of the reasons they have to give thanks. That's his grace. So I better read it again to us so we don't forget it. We joyously give thanks to the Father because he has qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He's brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's beautiful. That's where we are on the map. And when those things take root in our hearts, when they get real to us, then we really can joyfully give thanks in all circumstances. Exactly. Whether we win, whether we lose, whether we pass, whether we fail, those things are still our reality. And you know, everyone is going to want to know if he passed. Which he did. And I'm thanking the Lord for that as well. Mm. Thanks, Janet, for joining me on the program again today. Thank you, Charles. I once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew the the sin that promised joy and life Had led me to the grave I had no hope that you would own A rebel to your will And if you had not loved me first I would
Now, Lord, I would be yours alone and live so all might see the strength to follow your commands could never come from me. Oh, Father, use my rest of life in any way you prayers and let my song forever be my only boast in you. Hallelujah. All I have is right. Hallelujah. Jesus Featuring Bob, Jordan, and Devin Coughlin. That's all I have is Christ on this Haven Today and a program called In the Footsteps of Paul. With a special thanks that I want to give to my wife, Janet, for joining me again on the program today. It was great to take a moment to look at how Paul prayed to follow in the footsteps of his praying and learn how to be more effective in our own prayer lives. The Christian life really is one of observing godly examples in God's Word, and then seeking to apply it in our lives. And of course, we need the Holy Spirit to help us in this. But as we look to sinners saved by grace like Paul, we can learn so much. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about the two-part DVD called In the Footsteps of Paul. I asked the producer of the documentary to share with me why the well-known actor, he was born Jewish, David Suchet wanted to be a part of this project. He was fascinated with the character of Paul. Again, one of the things that we used in the program, uh, which was a truth, that as an actor, in order to play a role, you've got to try and understand that person the best you can. And Mm -hmm. that's what he did. He studied, but he wasn't like a professorial, you know, I now know this, I'm now going to tell you this. It was basically, he was searching for that information that right. would empower him to be, you know, to be the act, if he was ever to act St. Paul. Something to remember about the letters which might interest you as an actor, David, is that they were written and they were designed to be read out loud in congregations and in community contexts. So we actually have his spoken word. Yes, I, I do think we are capturing the voice. We have, in the letters, captured the voice of Paul. But it, it was illuminating and you, and you got a sense but it really surprised him. You know, he didn't know this mm, stuff. Mm, mm, and I mm, think mm. all those elements of being challenged, being surprised, as you say, it's, it's, you know, it's a kind of human response. It's not a 
academic thing or you know teaching or, or in that kind of I'm telling you stuff it's discovering stuff with the viewer mm-hmm. which yeah. I think worked well that's Ray Bruce talking about the documentary that he originally produced for the BBC called in the footsteps of Paul showing us where Paul walked through his missionary journeys some estimate he walked over 10,000 miles as Christ's ambassador to a pagan first century world planning churches throughout the Roman Empire. You can join host David Suchet, a Jew who met Christ Jesus as Messiah as well, as he not only shows you the places Paul went, but helps us better understand the scriptures. You can't find this DVD on Amazon because we're offering it exclusively here in North America. So come visit our website right now. Watch the trailer for In the Footsteps of Paul. And then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or if it's more convenient, just give us a call. And the number to call now is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And just as we have to go, I want to invite you to become a Haven partner. That's someone who gives automatically monthly and prays regularly for this ministry. Ask about it when you call or Read more about the benefits we have for our partners online at haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next week on Monday when together again we share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Here's an old saying about knowledge. When you study for a bachelor's degree, you graduate thinking you know everything. When you study for a master's degree, you realize you know nothing. When you study for a doctorate, you realize no one knows anything. It's a silly saying, but there's a hidden truth buried in it. Humility is so important especially when it comes to matters of God and faith. Woe to them, Isaiah says, who are wise in their own sight. Those who look at themselves and think, yes, I have it all figured out. No, we don't. We're wanderers, pilgrims, whom the Lord has gathered and redeemed. We aren't, but he is wise, and he shares his wisdom. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.